0: (laughs) fantastic art of the week art of the week welcome back to the art of the week show where we talk about the art of the week that spoke to us on some level it can be anything from a movie to a video game to a book thus far it has not been a book anyway (laughs) uh, (laughs) we we don't read apparently (laughs) who reads what is that words we like to watch um,
1: documentaries and then go to dinner parties and tell people we read.
0: They think we read. <laughs> they think we read. Um. So, Alec, what was your art of the week?
1: Oh man, this is our first one in a, in a hot minute.
0: Yes, it's been there's, there's, there's quite a been while.
1: A, man, there's been a lot. Uh, I discovered an Indigo Girls album that I really, really loved. Uh, oh. The one with Galileo on it, and I became kind of obsessed with that. It's so good. Yes. Uh, but the art of this week is probably uh, the new Life is Strange game came out. Uh, Life Ah. is Strange is a video game series where um, you play as a protagonist. Um, This specific one, it's a 20-something-year-old girl who moves to a small Colorado town that her brother lives in. Um, They've been separated by the foster care system, and she has the mysterious superpower of being able to see uh people's uh emotions she can like kind of read people's minds and tell the exact emotion that they are experiencing and it's her kind of navigating this new it's a narrative game and it's it's she's navigating this new town and, and trying to find her place in it and you get to make choices that impact her interactions with characters uh in the town and in the story and man, I, I've been playing, I played the first one and the uh, the prequel to it, never never played the second one, but something about these games is just so cozy. This
0: is the fourth one they
1: made? This is technically like the fourth, fourth-ish one they've made. Cool. And uh, it's just got like this indie soundtrack and like, I just give myself into this, this world and, and into mm-hmm. this character where you're just like you're experiencing like things in the real world, but everything's like a little heightened and a little melodramatic, but the way they, they, they handle these observations just feels very like real. And it's just, it's this interesting world to escape into for, for several hours. And yeah, uh, I played through it and they had this little DLC uh, about a side character. And I think that one, act- the DLC actually affected me a little bit more. You just play as this girl who is trying to escape her problems by, DJing a radio station in a small town and just like these little tasks make her like feel better and better about herself through through repetition. And uh I think repetition in real life kind of gets a bad name, like a bad rap. Like people yeah. think like boring if you're doing the same thing over and over, but there can be like a lot of good that comes from routine. You know? The gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like gym. I mean, I think people kind of disregard that, like go into the gym and you, you feel stronger and you feel healthier and better about yourself, or you wake up and anticipate that cup of coffee. Uh, maybe not cause you need it, but because you really enjoy it. You know, yeah. you, you love taking your dog on walks to, to see the world through their eyes. Like, you know, you do that every day, things you do all the time, but you can start to appreciate the little nuances to them. And, um, yeah, this this DLC you kind of just do the same job through four seasons, and the character kind of grows and, and and makes these other connections, and it just really, it really touched me, and I and I really loved it.
0: So nice, man. How uh, long is the uh, how long is like the campaign, or how much um, is there? Any like meat of the game basically with, that you get through that takes a certain amount of time?
1: Yeah, the meat like of that? the game took I think somewhere between eight and ten hours. Which is a little okay. short for it, the the, whole, the full game right now costs sixty bucks. So if you're interested in it, I would maybe play the first game in the series. Uh, but the newest game is is definitely worth playing. But I would wait maybe a little bit till it goes on sale. Yeah. Um, okay. What are you playing it on? I was playing it on PlayStation. It, it's on PlayStation. everything. Yeah, oh, okay. I sound like a mom. It's on the Nintendo.
0: <laughs> the Game Station.
1: <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's on every platform. Uh If you like narrative games where you get to play as this cool hipster chick and Who you get doesn't to, want to be a cool and, hipster and you chick. get to romance other cool hipster guys and cool hipster girls and it's you know just just makes you just it just it's just fun it's fun little escapism that also kind of makes you reflect on yourself a little bit
0: yeah well
1: that's cool that is my art nice. of the week nice.
0: So Christian, uh, what
1: what art touched you in an appropriate way this week?
0: Uh, well, man, okay, so wow, it's been a while since we've done one of these. There's a lot of things I've wanted to talk about for this sort of segment. Right? Like since since we did the last one, like I finished watching that show Loki, which was really cool, and uh, the season finale of What If came out today. Ooh, I haven't watched it. Oh dang! Okay, well, I guess I won't talk about that. Uh, That was really cool. That show. Um, I would say though, like if you, I don't know how that show would come off if you haven't seen like all this other MCU stuff. Like it would be like super confusing, wouldn't it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But that show has been really cool. I think there was like eight episodes. Um, And I check it's on Disney Plus. You can check that out if you if you're interested in seeing MCU stuff. If you are interested in MCU stuff, you've probably already watched it. But I guess, yeah, we can talk about... Let's talk about Dave Chappelle's The Closer. Um, Let's talk about it. So Dave Chappelle came out with another Netflix special. um, Was it today? I think it was today, wasn't it? Or yesterday? Yesterday. Um, And... Yeah, so... (laughs) Dave Chappelle, if you don't know, uh, long story short, he was like super popping in the early two thousands. Had a show called The Chappelle Show on Comedy Central, and then he left the show after two seasons, basically two and a half seasons, and because he felt uncomfortable, like he would, people were like laughing at jokes that were like racist and stuff like that, and he didn't like what was going on, so he just left without telling anyone he was leaving, and went to South Africa for like two weeks and came back and everyone thought he was crazy. And then he had a hard time getting work after that and like a decade passed. And then he made a deal with Netflix to release uh, a few specials, which he did. And basically he just ended up kind of like right back up on top as far as like stand up and stuff goes. And since that, he's released about like five or six specials. Um, and this is the first special. The closer is the first special is released post-pandemic. Um, during the pandemic... We're he, still very
1: much in a pandemic.
0: Well, sorry, post-pandemic. Uh, you can do shows or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, and he, uh, during the, you know, the, the I guess the, the hardest part, during the pandemic, he hosted SNL and he also was releasing a couple little short things on his Instagram. And basically he got the rights back to the Chappelle show um, uh, and all that stuff, right? But, In all these specials that he's been releasing on Netflix, a subject that's come up multiple times has to do with uh, the transgender community and I guess the LGBTQ plus community at large uh, and I guess women uh, that are in general slash women specifically involved in the Me Too movement and the criticism that he's faced based on the jokes that he's told on all of these subjects. And so um, he addresses all of that in The Closer. And uh, his last stand-up special was called "Sticks and Stones," which, uh, from my perspective, and I guess a lot of other people's perspective, was him intentionally trying to push people's buttons as far as like what makes them comfortable or uncomfortable when it comes to like certain uh, subject matters. Talking about like Michael Jackson and R. Kelly and. Um, uh, Jesse Smollett who he calls Juicy Smouye and all this stuff um, and uh, basically taking the stance of specifically trying to be like or at least sound like a victim blamer whereas in uh, like just the previous special he uh, tells like the exact same joke but from like opposite person's perspective um, and so I felt that as a fan of his since I was like a kid since Chappelle show was on since I saw him in frickin' Robin Hood Men in Tights uh, <laughs> when he was, like, 18 or whatever, uh, was that he spent so much time, um, or so much special time, special meaning, like, the specials that he puts out on Netflix, kind of making jokes about, like, the same subjects, which, to me, as a fan, uh, I've found annoying, and I wish he could just talk about other stuff, too, and not, like, devote you know, three or four specials in a row on kind of the same subject matter. Um, And so I think in the closer, um, I mean, he does that, but he's got like some really funny bits, but he also, I feel like he spent too much time. But then at the end of this, if you haven't watched it, you know, go check it out. But at the end of it, he kind of says that he's not going to tell any more jokes about the LGBTQ community. Um, which we'll see if he actually does that, <laughs> but he says mm-hmm. that at the end and, um, which to me is a relief because it's like, Jesus, finally move on to another subject. Not that he's only telling jokes about that, but it's just like what, what the point that he's been trying to make, I think doesn't really, uh, not a lot of people are empathizing with, I think at least I'm not really, cause it seems like his argument, his stance when it comes to all these things is like, oh, well, Twitter and people are trying to cancel my friends. And I guess he's wanting us to have more like empathy and sympathy for his friends that are like rich and famous. And he name checks, you know, Kevin Hart, which he did in another special. It's like, oh, it was his dream to, it was his dream to host the Oscars. And they just took it from him. The whole like, he emphasizes, they just took it. That's something that he had posted on his Instagram story about how. See, um, I I don't think that
1: was the main thrust of why he spent so much time. Uh, I think the main thrust was what he kind of. I think it was one of them. It, It is one of them. Uh, but the crescendo of like you're, you're not listening to what I'm saying. I think that was it. I think he, he thinks he's being misrepresented and misheard, and I think this last special was him- fi- like hopefully in his mind, putting to bed his stances about things. Uh,
0: That's I think how he I interpreted failed yet again at <laughs> doing that because he he makes arguments that uh, start out compelling, but then he, they like fall apart pretty quickly, I mm. feel um because he he just he makes he, there's a lot of like lot there's a lot of logical holes in the things that he's saying um that don't really like stack up where he makes like a a good point in some respects that I would even like agree with but the logic doesn't always flow through uh for example he makes the joke about like why was it so easy for Caitlyn Jenner to uh, change her gender than it was for Cassius Clay to change his name, um, and it's like, well, that was like 50 years ago. Um, so you gotta like contextualize what's what's happening in one place or other. like they progressed well enough to that where like where it's something more comfortable to make more sense was like there are people who are changing their names now, uh, and they have an easier time changing their names now because it's 2021. It's not you know 1963 or whatever. Uh, Ali changed or changed his name from Cassius Clay. Um now obviously obviously I understand that yeah Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Ali had a hard time back then and changing his name and not going not wanting to go to fight in the Vietnam war and refusing to be drafted and all that sort of stuff and he got his his titles taken away and basically his, ter- his career almost taken away from him but then he in the end won in the Supreme Court so, like proving through his religion he had to go through that struggle you know to stand up for what he believed in and uh he's viewing the struggle of the lgbtq community as if it's in a competition with um the struggle that african-americans have gone through and i don't think that's really the case i think that's what he's going for and i also think and this is something that i been apparent to me since chappelle show days that david is also kind of paranoid. Um and slightly a conspiracy theorist uh, a bit so I think that's where a lot of that kind of comes from um, and I don't think he's doing I really don't think he's doing Kevin Hart any favors like, by, like continuously like you know Kevin Hart told a bunch of gay jokes on Twitter right and then, and then he got fired because of this thing it's like I think he's he's not thinking of, he's thinking about this only in the now where, where I think he's th- he thinks he's thinking about it for like long term It's like when people come back and watch these specials, they're not gonna have like the modern day context that we have watching these specials. We're in the same way that if you go back and you watch like Eddie Murphy's Raw, for example, that did not age well at all. At least the first few jokes of that special. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but he tells a few gay jokes at the beginning of that as well, that did not age well whatsoever. And of course, Eddie Murphy has looked at, back at that in like hindsight, and he's like, "Well, I would absolutely, obviously, not say that now." But he, at the time, you know, it was like clearly by the audience accepted for him to do that. You can literally hear a lady scream in that special when he he's he, you know he's dropping the f bomb and talking about gay people, and he he'll be in like the airport and they're mad, and you can hear a lady yell, "She's like screw him or whatever," and it's like, "Yeah," and like obviously the way that comedians. Um, stand-up comedians specifically make their material is by the audience response and so it's not necessarily always a reflection of what they believe it's a reflection of what the audience thinks is funny now as far as like specials go he literally describes like essentially what he had to do to make the special you know he had to go around to actual places have his jokes see what people were responding to he takes his best ones and then they make that the special that's how the process works and so whoever's finding everything that he's saying to be funny, I mean, that's who, you know, that's the, that's the audience that it is. But the nature of, like, how these specials work these days, I feel like is, you know, it's not the way it used to be where you work like a small club or whatever. And these are people that, like, enjoy comedy and understand comedy and come to the club and so on and so forth. Or maybe they, they, they don't like everything you say. But now if you're making a special that's put on Netflix that goes across the entire world – you're going to get feedback and pushback from literally anyone in the world who has access to Netflix and an Internet connection, you know. Um, and so the jokes aren't really for everybody, though they were shaped and formed in the fashion based on a, a very small. Uh, um, what's the word? Subset of, uh, of people, a sample size, a small sample size. Um, and then essentially packaged up to be mass appeal on, on Netflix to which Dave Chappelle has responded. It's like, remember bitch, you clicked on my face. Like you don't have to listen to what he has to say. Um, but clearly Dave, Ch- it's not all just jokes for Dave Chappelle. And I think that's one of the unique things about his comedy, but clearly it's not all just about jokes. It's about this bigger point he's trying to make where he feels like he is not being heard. But at the same time, it's like, you can't expect for people to, uh, just be like, you know What? Dave Chappelle's right, while also just, like, talking shit about them. It's like, well, you can't take a joke. It's like, what? you can't have it, like, both ways. And so I think that's just sort of the plight of the comedian anyway. Dave Chappelle is someone who's admittedly said he wants to be liked by people, but um, he wants to be he – he doesn't want to be the bad guy. But he's putting himself in a position to make this point through very uh, uh, dark humor, um, and it's it's kind of like a no-win scenario that he, I guess – I guess he hopes he can win. Uh, but I don't think he necessarily pulled it off. And uh, anyway, those are my thoughts on the closer. Still very profound, a subject of conversation, um, but I don't think it was one of his best stand-up by far. Um, I did not even think it was as good as Sticks and Stones, honestly, which is the one that grew on me a little bit, I guess. Um, and on that note, Alec loves you, but his computer decided to update. So we had to stop recording and, uh, yeah, this has been another art of the week. We'll catch you on the next exciting episode of Ha 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 Fantastic. Email us at ha ha fantastic podcast at gmail.com or check us out on Instagram unless it crashes again, like it did on Monday, in which case we have no other social media for you to seek to, except for we have a Twitter, but I never like update it really. Anyway, uh, see you next time.